Hello, everybody. You're listening to the Big Chill Podcast. This is episode 36, The Angry Hat. Big Chillites, and welcome back to the Big Chill Podcast. Joined, as always, with Eddie and Sam. So I had a, a little icebreaker for us. Let's see what your thoughts on this are. So Alexander Ovechkin, famous hockey player, posted a picture yesterday of him in a t-shirt that says, pineapple belongs on pizza. Don't at me. How do we feel about that? Are we with Ovechkin or are we out on Ovi and the pineapple pizza? With. I don't like the idea of fruit on a pizza. Oh, do you have so tomatoes I, on a pizza then? Uh, sauce. <laughs> oh, you never had a slice of tomato on a pizza either? I don't never had a sun-dried I... tomato on a pizza? Okay. So okay, Sam, does that mean okay, you like, like pineapple fine. sauce on pizza but not pineapple? Oh, that doesn't sound good. <laughs> doesn't I don't get good. people. I don't get people who I can understand not liking pineapple on pizza. I, it, but a saying it's a fruit thing is dumb. It's it's whether or not you like the sweetness, which okay, you associate sweetness with fruits, but like the the question is, do you like the the additional sweetness of the pizza? But people who think that it's some kind of outrage, particularly people who get upset yeah. now, if you're a legitimate. If you're yeah. from like Napoli or Naples and you're getting upset about it, uh, okay, I might get it. But Americans, like Italian Americans who are, who get upset, who meanwhile are ordering themselves like a meat lover pizza there with like <laughs> stuffed crusts. I'm not listening to you on whether or not you can put pineapple, like an aberration to put pineapple on a pizza. Yeah, that's kind of the well, point. I don't, I don't really care enough about it because... I just, I don't eat much pineapple anyway. So it wouldn't be like the fact that there's only ham usually with that pizza. It doesn't make it like a go-to pizza for me anyway. So I, I, I don't really care enough. But yeah, it is weird why people uh, get so like violent. A Hawaiian, a Hawaiian pizza, one of the best day after pizzas for me. Like refrigerator cold pineapple yeah. pizza. It, it ages <laughs> extremely well. Yeah. Ages. I love pineapple. I love pineapple ham pizza which is I mean, weird to I, me I don't because get like it. pineapple doesn't have a very good half-life you know what i mean like when you have just pineapple the half-life of just like if you buy some diced pineapple or whatever i feel like it gets it gets weird fast and i really like pineapple but it, like it's not <laughs> it gets weird <laughs> what are you <laughs> doing with gets, your pineapple ring shit, Eddie? Get, shit gets freaky <laughs> you don't want to know but uh but the, on pizza it seems to it seems to age pretty well yeah, I mean, I, I just don't get the whole, I understand if you, like you said, if you're a pizza purist, you don't like the pineapple on the pizza, but I don't get why people have to be furious about it. Why can't they just say, I don't like it, and I don't consider that a traditional, original pizza, but it's fine. There's alternatives. You know, it's like, the fact that people get so bent out of shape is amazing. Yeah. Yep, the people are losers. Hey, speaking of people getting bent out of shape, <laughs> what is going on up in Manchester right now? 
Oh, <laughs> this is a real pet peeve of mine. We've we've discussed on a previous episode, right? We we kind of made reference to when the Manchester United fans started protesting against the Glazers and wearing the green and gold. And it's around that. I mean, originally, right, that's when FC United of Manchester, whatever they call themselves, that's when they came about, when the Glazers originally bought the club. I find it tiresome because fundamentally, it's just Manchester United fans, supporters upset that they are not winning enough things. If they were top of the league, there is no way they would have done what they did yesterday. Absolutely no way. But the fact that it's like, well, we're in the Europa League and we're not going to win the league and Manchester City might win both the Champions League and the league. We're really unhappy about this. Let us go on the pitch and show how unhappy, throw our toys out of the pram because we're not winning everything like we used to when I was 12 years old. But yeah. like, that's, that's fun because I'll tell you this. If there's a Manchester United fan listening who disagrees with me, if you really want to change football, then protest other things. Uh, you know, as a support, I'm a supporter of a, of a club who whose you know future was majorly put at risk by irresponsible ownership really irresponsible ownership and when the those the supporters of that club protested not only didn't other clubs not join in people were openly critical of them for just being bad losers at the time the same thing i'm accusing manchester united fans of being but with all those Manchester United fans in in Manchester, if you really want to make a difference, go and protest a number of lower league clubs where they are truly being mismanaged. And if 20,000 people turned up to complain, you'd actually get ownership to leave. But you're not going to force billionaires to sell. Like, same with Arsenal fans. You're all morons. Like, stop just posting your videos on YouTube <laughs> where you wow. rage, where you rage against things because you feel entitled because at one, po- one moment or another, you've been quite good and you're not quite as good anymore. And I just feel like protesting. you're generalizing. This is a huge generalization here. Like, what I disagree with is the, the way they did it, right? They're allowed to protest. They're allowed to say all the stuff they do. Like, but it's the... It's the method. It really doesn't help because you've suddenly got stakeholders that were on your side now against it. Like the UK government has now come out massively and been like, this is stupid. They overst- You overstepped the mark. Most people acknowledge that Man U fans overstepped the mark. I will agree with you, though, that over the past nine years, it's very easy for Man U fans just to blame the Glazers for the decline of the fortunes of the club in terms of winning things. But actually, there is an argument to be said that the revenue the commercial revenue that has come into Man U has actually increased a lot under the Glazers. Um, I was reading about this. They regionalize a lot of stuff that they sell because Man U has such a big brand. They regionalize it. So, you know, they'll sell a certain merchandise rights in Africa to a certain company or they'll sell a certain something in Asia. So commercially speaking, Man U are actually doing well. I know a lot of people point to like the debt that's that's the thing that I'm that oh financially we're doing quite well. Is this is this like is this Wall Street bets? Is this what Manchester United supporters <laughs> are all of a sudden? They're like are they desperately waiting for the year the end of year results so they can kind of comb through all of the statements and figure out you know how how well they're kind of this but is what bothers me. When I listen to the Man United though. fans, when I listen, when they've put the club into debt, they've done this, they've done that. Who gives a shit? All you care about, you're supporting your club. Manchester United are not at risk of going out of business. And the only thing you really care about is, will is the future of the club secure? Yes, it is. And then, okay, now how good are we on the pitch? Those are the only two questions as a 
football supporter that you need to ask yourself this sense of entitlement that somehow and i'm a but i'm that people think that oh we must consult the fans on all decisions since fucking when like when did you turning up to a few matches mean that some billionaire has to go hey uh hey john I know you you're unemployed and an alcoholic and you, you know, like couldn't don't know your ass from your elbow, but we'd really like to know what we should do with the future of this football club. You know, like, what are you angry at? I'm, I'm trying every, to figure it know, out. Like, are you, are he's, you, got, he's got his angry hat. He's yeah, got his angry you, hat on today. That's what this new hat like, he got on. Is. It's his so angry weird. Hat. Like, are you angry at the fans for protesting this or are you angry that people take it over? I'm confused at your anger. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not the first person that said that to me, Sam. But the look, I'm 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 not angry at anyone. Uh, what I what my point is, I think. Look, if if you're a Manchester United supporter and you are genuinely upset by the way that the Glazers are running the club and the way that sort of capitalism is taking over football, then the first thing you need to stop doing is being a Manchester United supporter because that ship sailed in 1992, and. So if you really, really care, you want to see real fo- grassroots football, go and watch it. It's all over the place. And if you're living in the Northwest, there are dozens of teams to choose from that you can go and watch on a Saturday. And money is not a thing that they can count on. And you turning up to watch a match will give them an invaluable source of income. So if, that's, if you so, care about the integrity of football, go elsewhere. So my question then is, so first let me make sure I'm getting this Right, because obviously I don't know the whole story. But from what I've read, the Glazers borrowed money to then get majority ownership in Man U and now have put the debt of borrowing that money onto the club and are basically paying back that debt with the profits that the clubs get. Yes, fundamentally. Right? And they Is basically, that... yeah, and they kind of use the club's own money to buy itself, which isn't, which yeah. is a common sort of tactic in takeovers in the business world when you see uh, yep. companies that are cash rich but not worth that much. So like it's not from them coming from the business world, it's a smart way to buy things. But yeah. and again, so who so cares? then so then so wait so then my question well then my question then becomes as a supporter, don't you have a right to be upset that money that could be used it, to go back into the club and and buy new players, new stadiums, new equipment, new whatever is instead yeah. being used to pay off the debt. And, and hold on, let me finish. So they're losing that money because whoever bought them is now just using that money instead to pay off their own debt to get it. And I guess one, is that a reason to be angry about? And two, I guess getting to Eddie's point is if you were angry about it, shouldn't that have been something that happened when they bought the club so long ago and then you know, they started winning, so they stopped caring. But now that they're not winning again, now all of a sudden they care again. Is that? Um, yeah. To me, it, the, the, the issue I have with that is I don't think anyone can actually accuse Manchester United of not spending money. That's exactly. the problem I have with that. So if you look on the year on year spending on net transfer fees, they've spent 97 million, 97.2 million, then 98.9 million, then 139.8 million, then 105.9 million, then 133.8 million, and then 190.5 million. So there's never been a season in recent years where they have done anything other than spend money. I mean, I don't know what Manchester United fans are expecting for them of them to do, to break world sort of record transfer fees every single transfer window. 
because aside from that, they've bought badly. It's not, I mean, it's not the owner's fault in a way that Paul Pogba is getting paid, you know, 500,000 pounds a week and costs 90 million pounds or whatever, and is a hit or miss midfielder. That's not their fault. And it's not their fault that they've tried to appoint multiple managers and then had to sack them. And that's cost tons of money. And yeah, they could have made better, but like a lot of the managers they put in place at the time that they were appointed, people thought were good appointments. Yeah. That's exactly the point. It's like Manu are still spending as more than they spent previously, maybe even factoring in things like the, the inflationary levels of what they spent on certain players, you know, pre-Glazers or whatever. Like They're still spending as if they're a massive club. If the Glazers had used that debt, I think the debt's something like 450 million. And basically, like you say, they're skimming that off and taking some of the money out of the club. But Manu is still a commercially growing club massively in terms of revenues that come in, etc. They're not stopping themselves in any way the glazers aren't preventing them it's not like they're trying to sign someone and the glazers are like no we're cash strapped this isn't going to happen where i can then understand some fan resentment but i just think they bought poorly really poorly yeah and <laughs> look i don't want to come across either that i'm defending the glazers because they come across as weird little trolls like it's not uh they, they are not they're not fans of them as a family or as what they've done with football but like it, it's the same with the arsenal fans for me oh we don't want stan Kroenke anymore he's an annoying american billionaire let's let's let us unknown swedish billionaire take charge because that will definitely be an improvement whereas all they're really asking for is spend more money win more games that's it that's all they want it's not some moral issue with the owners it's not the fact that they think they've been disrespected they literally just want get your checkbook out and win us more games and if you can't do it we want someone else to come in who says they will that's it yeah 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 yeah. and what the glazers have been in charge now for what like 16 years and apart from the initial resentment you know the the green and gold they were then fine with it because like you say they were successful still they were winning stuff they were still competitive in every game Whereas now it's gone the other way and they've like had a, like a, this super league has kind of like burst up these feelings again. But something that was interesting is that a lot of fans feel that people like Sir Alex Ferguson should have spoken up more against the Glazers because he's like an institution. But are you really going to find a manager that just outright goes against the owners because you'll be gone? Even someone like Ferguson would be gone. Maybe not Ferguson. If he was... He was unsettled. Would you say he's like the only person? Like if you're just constantly at loggerheads with your owners, you're just not going to be a successful club. I mean, the question is, he might not have been upset by what was going on. He may have understood it. So the supporters are asking them, asking someone else to have the same emotional reaction as them. He also has more information than they have and is having conversations with the owners. So he might have been perfectly content with the amount of money he was being given to run the side. Mm. But... I don't know. It's just, I'd like there to be less money in football. I would like money not to be the determining factor in who wins things. That spins back to my opposition to the European Super League. But the reality is that is the way it works everywhere, Mm. in every league in Europe. And it's not going to change. And I just get slightly annoyed by fans sort of getting on their, you know, 
their high horses and taking the moral high ground as if what they really truly care about is the integrity of their football club. And they'll make those daft statements, right? Of like, I would support Manchester United if we were just went back to the good old days and we were in the, in the conference and, you know, tickets were five pounds a match and players went to the pub without pub with us after. No, you wouldn't. Cause if you would, you'd support another club right now. If that's what you cared about, but you don't, you want to, you want, you're probably not even from Manchester and you probably only supported Manchester United in the first yep. place because they were good. And now they're not quite I'm, as good and you're upset. I'm curious about actually who those fans were that did the invasion. Because when you look at it, 99% of them are just The filming. invasion, Sam? Well, it's a pitch invasion, right? <laughs> it's a str- so, I guess, but... <laughs> so it's a 99% of them, 99% of them are just filming. <clears throat> the other half are just drinking. Because all well, the pictures, I will just... say it, it's a little bit like the U.S. Capitol riots. We can't, um, we can't. Was give an invasion them a free... or a walking in? We, we can't <laughs> give them a free pass because it didn't go quite as horribly badly as it might have. They did full on fight the police. Like they, they, they. It was, um, you know, re- brought up memories of old fashioned English football of a line of fans squaring up against a line of police officers. Like, fortunately, nothing catastrophic happened, but something really awful could have happened. Jamie, the, the, the only pleasing thing was that Jamie Carragher looked legitimately terrified at one moment and <laughs> clearly was looking to like, do I leave? Are we going to be taken away to secure? It's just like, yeah. I'm bothered sc- by Gary Neville sort of like f- fist pumping one of them. Um, but, you know, there are but, bigger yeah. fish to fry in football than the Glazers. So, I mean, Eddie, the, the owners are trolls. The fans are alcoholics who don't know their hand from their ass. Do you want to attack anyone else on that side? Take a shot at the players, maybe? <laughs> Commentators? Oh, the players, analysts. too. You know, the, the players. Us? <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm a hypocrite. I'm, not, I'm free to admit it. If... if, if if you know teams I supported went out and spent a lot of money and were good, I'd be happy. But uh, but yeah, no, it's but it, I, I'm at least aware of that fact. Um, I think that's we might have to hang up this angry hat. I just know, take it's some crazy. Of honesty. We have to go back to your backwards athletics hat. <laughs> he's 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 in sniping mode at the moment. He is just finding comments and going straight for him. Like he's the podcast is in his sights. He's, All right, who's up next? Well, I, what's so? Does anything happen from this? I guess no, was, of course not. Was my question? Absolutely for you, nothing for happens. No. If anything, they've probably regressed any sort of. If there was going to be a zero point zero zero one percent chance of something happening, they probably made it even less now. Because it just isn't the right way to do it, and and that's the issue. Who else is in Eddie's sights? Oh, do you want to talk about women's football, Eddie? Is that, is that going to be? No, don't try and make me out to be some. <laughs> the sexist. Champions League. Don't try and. No, 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 no. I, I'm not. I, I'm not oh, you, you'll get in my sights now, Sam. That's not. Don't try and set me up as if. Oh, oh, here. Why don't you rage on the women now? <laughs> oh, I said women's football. Oh. I, <laughs> Thank you, Eddie. You just gave us a great sound bit. We can cut that out. <laughs> Let me rage on the women now. <laughs> But yeah, why that's don't how we, I set you up. Why don't we move on to topic number two, NFL draft winners and losers? Why don't we 
take a look back and obviously we in our last episode we kind of discussed what we thought we'd what we wanted our respective teams to do with their first round picks and i got what of course, i wanted Eddie's the only one who won <laughs> and look how happy it made me and the bengals did the opposite <laughs> yeah the bengals did exactly what you didn't want them to do sam now i guess to start with the NFL, the winners and losers, and as the Niners did what I wanted them to do. I'm happy with Trey Lance. The question becomes, I've got two questions, I guess. So there's some conspiracy theories kind of going around about what the Niners did and why they moved up to three to take a player who might have been available at a lower pick. And as the draft ended up going, definitely would have been available at a lower pick. Um, and one of them is that supposedly it wanted the to potentially make the Jets to overthink their pick and consider, like, why are the Niners so high? I think this is insane as, a, as far as conspiracy theories go. But that that was potentially the tactic that they were kind of happy with. They wanted Trey Lance. They were happy with that, that they wanted to, like, maybe pump them the Mac Jones stock and hope that the Jets did a Jets like thing and suddenly t- like blow the number two pick. The real question I have coming out of it though is in the end, I think they, it was the 12th pick they had originally. And then the Patriots ended up taking fields with the 11th. I think I have that right. Bears. The Bears. The Bears sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Patriots took Mac Jones, but so they could have, if they would have been happy with Justin Fields. Now, obviously, them not taking Trey Lance with the third pick and someone else having the third pick would have changed the whole order of things. But conceivably, they could have just traded from the 12th to the 11th, probably for like a pick swap and maybe a third rounder, maybe a second rounder at most, but probably like a third rounder or a fourth rounder just to swap one spot and got Justin Fields instead of giving away three first rounders. Which would you... Is there a question? The question Wait, is... Is that a question? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it kind of wasn't a question. It was an implied question. The question is... So, I mean, yeah, I I, I get it. So does I, it look bad? I No, not at all. I think people are overthinking this. Here's how I saw this happen. Jaguars have the first pick. They're taking a quarterback. Jets have the second pick. They're taking a quarterback. The Niners then think we need a quarterback and we don't want to leave it to chance that anyone else can beat us to get the quarterback. And we know one and two are going to be quarterbacks. So what's the next best spot we can be in to make sure we get whoever we can at the next available spot? And I think that was the simple answer of getting up to the number three pick. You, you can't risk getting up to number 11 and then the Bears instead, then they jump up to number three and now you're stuck with not being able to choose the best of what's left. And I think in their head, they really wanted to at least have that option of choosing the best of what was left after one and two and going from there. So I don't see that as a bad choice because at the end of the day, I'd rather have had the option of Lance Fields or Jones to potentially run my team for the next 10 to 15 years than having the option of we just get whatever's left and hope that is the one that works out and everyone else was wrong. I'd rather be the one that was wrong than to be the one that sat back and hoped everyone else was wrong and got whatever was left, which is what happens with the Patriots. 
And now maybe it turns out that Mac Jones does great on the Patriots and they fooled everyone because everyone else overshot and overthought. But I would rather be in the Niners situation than the Patriots situation. I would be. However, if Fields turns out to be the better quarterback out of him and Lions, and there's, it's not inconceivable that Fields turns out to be the second best quarterback in that draft, and it's not even impossible to say that he might turn out to be the best quarterback in the draft. Like It wouldn't be totally unheard of, right? They look bad. Yeah. Like that's one of those where 10 years from now, people are going to be saying, Hey, wasn't it crazy when the Niners gave up all those draft picks to, to take Trey Lance, like a guy from a school that you wouldn't expect a quarterback to go third from kind of unproven played one game last season. And then, and then they let Justin Fields, a guy who was winning, you know, like competing in for national championships. They let him just slip by and turns out he was as good as we thought he might be. That's You're the right. Answer. They look bad, but they I think they look bad in a different sense. I think they look bad that their scouting and their their decision is bad. But at the end of the day, if you get a franchise QB, I don't think it matters if you get rid of one future first round or a first and a second future first round. I, I mean, I get what you're saying, obviously, but I think you have to give yourself the shot to at least think that you can pick the best person. So I, I don't think it was a big deal. And, and I mean, yeah, time, time will tell. And I mean, I think the bears actually did a nice move where, you know, they did move up and they didn't have to move up too much to at least get the better of the fields versus Mac Jones, because I do think fields will be better than Mac Jones, but that was a decent move by them at the end of the day. Like they, they read the room pretty well as it went on and, you know, only traded a future first round pick for that. So. Yeah, sure. Well, I guess on that note, who, who were your, who, I, rather than saying who were your winners, because we could spend all night then breaking down the draft, which team do you think won the draft? And I kind of hate the immediate, the like instant reaction winners and losers, because we all know what happens with the NFL draft and a guy who on paper is a great first or second round pick is a bust and someone no one expected to be really good is drafted in the fifth round and turns into a, an all pro player. Um, but instant reaction, Frank, Sam, which team do you think had the best draft? Not necessarily the best hall of players in pure talent, but in terms of helping them, them as a team to get better. Don't, um, don't rush. Don't, don't say, yeah. so, don't <laughs> rush to say something at once guys. <laughs> No, I mean, obviously, just looking at some of them, not all of them, but I thought the Falcons did really well because they picked exactly what they needed. So obviously getting getting pits was was really good. It will obviously boost them offensively as well. Um, that They struggled massively with offense last year, I, I kind of found. So having someone that's going to be that extra and a really good one, um, I think, really helped them but I, I i just think when you looked at the problems they had like they had such problems kind of with safety as well they drafted well there i just think the falcons did pretty well with the position the exact positions they needed with the quality of players they got as well so i thought the falcons did pretty well for yeah me. for me there's a few teams that did well 
I think you have to look to the Jets. Now, saying that, obviously, there's a lot of let's see how everything works out. But ultimately, you got your franchise QB and Zach Wilson. You got the best guard and arguably the best offensive lineman in the entire draft. So you got the second best QB and the best lineman who most people say is like going to be an instant pro bowler within, you know, his second, third year, uh, the just, kid from USC. Frank, just to interrupt you for a second, because I know you like puns. Which of the two headlines that kind of went a little bit viral in the reaction to the, the, Will, the quarterback pick, did you prefer the playbook of Mormon or New Zach City? Which one? Which one is your preference? What was the second one? New Zach City. New Zach City or Playbook of Mormon? I'll go New Zach City. It's got a better flow to it. Ah, okay. I would have gone the other one. I do find it interesting with Mormons, right? That uh, they're like fair game just to be ripped into. Like if they drafted a Muslim player, there's no way that they're doing some like ramadama ding dong like uh, like headline. <laughs> No, it's very true. But I, I, they also got, I mean, then they also went and got Elijah Moore in the second round, which is a steal because he was a first round prediction as a receiver. And then they got a really good running back in the fourth round, actually. So when you look at their team, they didn't do much on the defensive side until the fifth round. But if you are looking to revamp an offense that has been beyond pathetic, they did a really, really, really good job of getting a franchise QB, a franchise lineman, and a potential Pro Bowl wide receiver all in the same draft. So I, I think that looks really good for them. But then again, they're the Jets. They'll probably screw it up. And Zach Wilson will probably be out of the league in a year. Who knows? But on paper, that's a very good upgrade for their team. The other team I think that kind of impressed me a little bit was the Browns. There's a team who they're close, right? I mean, we all talked about last year. They were really close to being in that upper echelon. And they went out and they they filled the things that need to be filled. You know, they they got they don't have a high draft pick. They were just, you know, 26 pick, no trade ups really or anything like that. Just first four or five rounds. But they got a really good cornerback in Greg Newsome. And then they got a really good linebacker, probably the steal of the draft, as most people are saying. And uh, I'm not going to say his name, so I'll just say JOK, as most people call him. The linebacker from Notre Dame, who was on the board as the first to second best linebacker in the entire draft besides Micah Parsons. And they I, ended up getting him with the 52nd pick. I would assume that his name correctly said is Jeremiah Wuso Karamoa, I think. Koromoa, yeah. even. But uh, that might be. But even in the even in the draft thing, most people are just calling him JOK because no one wanted to have that flow off wrong. Um, I mean, it's a mouthful. So I, yeah. So that's I mean that's that's a great two picks by them. You know they got a they got really good talent and a good value in both their picks. So they're starting to plug those spots now where they have a great offense. You know their offense has is stacked, and now you're plugging in the spots on D and on paper they look very very solid. So I agree with you. Those are two teams I think that did really good. The Browns were the winners of the draft for me. 
as I said, the winners will look totally different four years from now. But my immediate reaction was the Browns were already Super Bowl contenders and they pushed themselves slightly further up that chain. They're at least now favorites for their division for me, which I, you know, that's a tough division, but I now feel comfortable. I guess this is teasing far ahead of time, right? And injuries might change it, I suppose. But I'll say now that I'll be picking the Browns to win that division when we do our preseason preview. Um, But yeah, apart from that, we have to see. I mean, the winner ultimately of the draft will be if Trevor Lawrence is the greatest quarterback of a generation, they're the winners. Yeah. If Trey Lance wins the Niners a Super Bowl in the next five years, the Niners are the winners. Like it's, it's fundamental. Like it's all well and good saying like, Hey, we got five pro bowlers out of it and we never made the playoffs, but that will, that will be what ultimately determines, determines it. Anyone you think did terribly? Oh, the Texans. It's the Texans, isn't it? I mean, first off, they didn't have a pick to the third round. (laughs) The Duca curse is just hitting them hard. Yeah. Uh, I mean, this is a a continuation, right? But the thing is, like, before they even got to the draft, they just traded away too much for not enough, I think, with the Tunsil trade. But, um, yeah, it was was really weird to just see a team, like, what was their first pick? Like, 67 or something like that or something crazy. But, yeah. I thought the Texans did. Oh, the Duca curse. I mean, arguably, the Houston Texans are now the hardest hit victims of the Duca curse. Because it's gone through so many layers of the club as well. Like personal scandals, the club (laughs) underperforming, the management structure having kind of the PR issues. They are right where everyone wants them. And if you (laughs) wanted to be, you know, if you really wanted to take a dark twist on the Duca curse you could argue that it's also produced 50 sexual assault victims I mean there is a, there's that side right. of it too it's not limited to just on the field performances <laughs> and football let's just put on the record I have absolutely no connection to 50 sexual assaults <laughs> at least not 50 sexual assaults in the Houston area linked to the Texans <laughs> <laughs> oh jeez I think another team actually that did well were the Eagles because they seem to be investing in surrounding Hurts with some talent. So they got Devonta Smith, and then they got um, Dickerson, the O-lineman from Alabama, who dropped a lot further than most people suspected. So you got a pretty much a Heisman winner, wide receiver, and a first-round talent in the line. So they went out of their way to – at least give Hertz a chance to be successful. Um, the Bengals, I guess, did as well with uh, getting Chase. Yeah. Although not getting Sewell, who knows how that's going to work out with his knee. But yeah, it's interesting that the Bengals. I actually, I actually think kind of lower down the draft, the Bengals actually uh, picked up some pretty good people like uh, Carmen, Osai, and Sample. I thought they were really good. Uh, kind of alternatives if, you know, obviously Detroit ended up getting Penai, but I think it's just a weird default point, right? The whole reason Burroughs is injured at the moment is because he got poor protection and got absolutely slammed in the pocket. 
And so what didn't they do is like take someone that was a really solid choice at the start to help that exact thing. But you know what? They did pretty well lower down the draft, I think. So maybe having the extra wide receiver is awesome. But I I think as long as they've got kind of confidence, I certainly think they've upgraded that line, um, which is a positive for Burroughs. Now, I guess the real losers in a sense, right? It's the Green Bay Packers. And it's not really draft related, but they definitely didn't help themselves with their draft picks. The fact that they still insisted on not drafting offensive weapons for Rodgers in the first round, as if this is just some, yeah. it's like they're trying to prove a point at this stage, but they ultimately could be the big losers because the immediate ramifications of their approach in last year's draft and then in this year's draft could turn them from I wouldn't say they were Super Bowl contenders but you know a playoff team into potentially they could overnight be almost the worst team in football like if Aaron Rodgers does retire they're they're not making the playoffs put it that way yeah did you see though they did draft a Amari Rogers. So the <laughs> Try and big sneak him in a Rogers. There will be an A Rogers yeah. on the roster. Yeah. Yeah, that will appease the fans. It means that they don't have to turn their jerseys back in. They'll just get him to take yeah. Rogers' actual number. They'll get let him do that for free. Which too. is now legal. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's you know, they they're they're masterminding this. Yeah, this Rogers thing is going to play out interesting over the next few weeks, month whatever it ends up being. I, I don't know, man. I, I, I feel like he's being a little spoiled brat partly in this scenario. I mean, they've notoriously been a good franchise, both winning on the field and also off the field. Most people say that they're one of the more respectable franchises in the national football league. And you're running the risk that, you're going to look like a huge asshole if everything comes out and you just quit football. I mean, that doesn't make him look good at all if he just goes and retires. To to me, if he wants to retire, retire. Like, don't use it as a threat. Like, that's the thing is, if, if you're not committed to playing football anymore, that's fine. He's had a long career, a successful career. He's a Hall of Famer. If... He's decided, you know what? I don't have the motivation to do this anymore. I want to go and host Jeopardy. Like, turns out asking people, you know, questions that they have to answer in the form of a question is a lot easier than getting sacked. You know, like, I can, under- <laughs> I can understand that, but don't, don't try and use it as some kind of threat to force the organization to do something. Just retire. What, what's the actual situation but do you at think- the moment? with it like uh, from what i saw it's like the management obviously are going to do something with his contract com- like to keep him staying he's obviously threatened this kind of retirement like has, has, has anything changed from that is it just a standoff at the moment or it doesn't seem like much has changed i mean basically obviously the possibilities of him being traded were significantly reduced by him not being traded before the draft itself. There are still a couple potential landing spots out there for him, but 
a couple went off off the table, right? Like the Niners, for example, which supposedly was on his list of teams he wanted to go to. There's no way the Niners are a possibility for him anymore. So you kind of had it whittled down a little bit, which means a he probably won't end up going if even if they do try and trade him to somewhere they want him to go and b the from the Packers perspective they have less bargaining power now they're less likely to get a deal that they would find to be acceptable so i would be very surprised i think the reason he's going to end up looking really bad from this is i fully expect Aaron Rodgers to be playing for the Packers in week 1 i probably expect Aaron Rodgers to play the remaining years of his career with the green Bay Packers. Like, and that's, what's going to make all of this look bad is because you're going to look back at him and be like, Oh, he was a whiny little bitch for a significant part of his career. And I, yeah. he's the Manchester United fans of the NFL. I'll <laughs> rage on him now. <laughs> or, I mean, or the other way he looks really poorly is he does the retire waits a full year and then comes back and plays for another team. I think that also makes him look very bad. Oh, the the Julian Edelman. Yeah. Have you seen that? The top I mean, lady. I guess the two interesting yes. pieces of news, right? A, Tim Tebow working out as a tight end with the Jacksonville Jaguars, and which is interesting. I wouldn't be surprised. Whatever. I mean, he has he could <laughs> he could make the he could make the team. Um, he's thirty two. <laughs> yeah, but. He's got God on his side. He should have just done that from the beginning. I still don't I, get what his mindset was of why I want to go be a professional baseball player versus let me just switch a position and play a sport that I'm already pretty good at. And one of the main things I was good at was evading tacklers. I mean, he had a, he was pretty good at baseball. I know people make fun of him, but like realistically, having not played baseball since high school, he managed to have a legitimate minor league career. And like everyone who makes fun of him for sucking at baseball, if they got sent out there, they're not doing any better. Like, and so. No, I'm, I'm not saying that he didn't, he wasn't an okay baseball player, but I mean, he was never going to be a professional baseball player, but he could have been a professional football player at a He's different He's already position. been a professional football player. He could have been a good professional football player in a different position. I mean, look, I see this is to me. He's he's the opposite of Aaron Rodgers. He's not threatening. He doesn't try and force teams into getting what he wants, but he knows what he wants. And if he doesn't get that, he's just going to be like, okay, bye. I'll go do something else. Like, good for him. The guy's a multimillionaire, won college national championships, won the Heisman Trophy, won a you know, playoff game with one of the most iconic plays of the modern era, made tons of money, is God's favorite son, you know, like what else does he, what else does he need? Like I, if I were him, a bit of a dabbler. If I, if I were him, I'd be out there doing exactly what he, I'd be like, you know, you know what I want to do? I want to play ice hockey now. Someone clear up a roster spot for me. Like, give it a go. Is anyone going to like contractually get that? Cause it just, he comes across a little bit like, Ooh, what shall I do today? Kind of thing. Uh, Oh, I'm just going to go do a different sport, do a different thing. Like, that's going to be quite tough to commit any sort of long-term, even short-term contract to, right? <laughs> Just one day you might wake up and be like, I want to do ice skating now. No, see, that's <laughs> where I disagree. I think when he sets his mind to something, he gives it a legitimate go. Like, he gave baseball his full commitment and energy. 
in the end, he didn't get to where he wanted to go and stopped. But what did he play? He was in the minors for what three years? Like he gave it a real maybe go. More than that. Yeah, maybe even more. And everyone within the organizations that he was part of said it had nothing but good things to say about him. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. And and I assume the other one was the Julian Edelman coming out of retirement to play for Tampa Bay. Yeah, or being <laughs> made fun of on an awkward Zoom call or whatever that was and while Tom Brady insisted that he was going to do it. Um, in which case, he really looks like an asshole after that stupid retirement like stunt and video. And the yeah. Fox and where he got Foxborough beamed up forever. into the sky in Foxborough yeah. and <laughs> landed in Tampa. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Now that yeah. now Eddie, does it make him look better if, if he does a welcome video? video he does a video where he beams yeah, yeah. down. <laughs> God, I'd be fine with that. Yeah. Now yeah, that no. would be awesome. Speaking of Tampa, this is just a, a small little thing I read the other day. According to Fanatics which sells all the jerseys and apparel and everything for the NFL. Tom Brady helped the Tampa Bay Bucks go from number 28 in NFL team sales in 2019 to number one in 2020 with a 1,200% year-over-year increase in sales. It's the largest single-year increase in like all of the Fanatics selling I, categories. I, I mean, it doesn't... The only thing that stuns me about that is the fact that they were only 28th the year before. Who were, who were they beating? <laughs> I mean, which, which sad franchise was selling, underselling the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Bengals? Maybe. I don't know. I feel like there's more, probably more Bengals fans out there than... Jacksonville? <laughs> <laughs> okay, ja- Jacksonville probably, probably the Jags. But who, who's who else? Okay, I'll put that. Jags were probably dead last. Well, it's tough to find the fanatics list, but if you just go by NFL revenue per team in 2019, the Raiders were dead last, and then the Chargers, the Bengals, the Lions, the Bills, and then the Bucks. The Raiders make so sense, maybe right? Chargers. Were... L.A. Chargers is a good one too. The, yeah, the Raiders make sense because they were moving, so you're you're abandoning a fan base. Detroit. Yeah, my guesses would probably be Detroit, the Bengals, the Chargers, and maybe the Raiders. Do you, when a franchise moves, does it completely gut the fan base? Or, or is there like a hardcore enough following? Like, obviously, the Raiders were well Depends. known for being kind of the hardcore side of things. Like, were there any that would stick with it? Well, when move? the Raiders were flipping between LA and Oakland, they maintained fan bases. And bo- now, part of that was that the fact that you had like NWA, right, popularized the Raiders logo, so it kind of added something else to like they turned it into a fashion statement to be wearing the Raiders stuff, but they did kind of maintain it. I very much doubt that there are many uh, like St. Louis residents who are still big Rams fans, but it probably matters the way you leave and why you leave and where you go. But 
I would say the Chargers lost some fans from moving from San Diego, but I don't think they had any fans to begin with. So, just just <laughs> just Philip Rivers, nineteen children. So I guess we can do a dip back into football because there were some somewhat notable events from the world of European football, and not by that I do not mean the Champions League or the Europa League, but uh, this weekend saw Inter Milan secure their Serie A title after they won and the chasing pack failed to win. And also a couple of weeks ago, I guess we're now giving it weekly attention, but we looked at the very tight title race in France. And uh, when we first spoke, Lille needed, had the simple task of winning their five remaining matches. And now they have the even easier task of simply winning their three remaining matches. There's no change at the top. They're, they keep winning. PSG keep winning. And they currently have that one-point advantage with, with three to go. I guess the only yeah. thing that sort of happened is Monaco lost. And so they are now out of the running. It is now a two-horse race. And also La Liga's heating up as well so you got the uh, both the madrids and barcelona what within four points of each other i think between first and third and within two points you have you have atletico atletico madrid on 76 real madrid on 74 and barcelona on 74 and then i think barcelona play atletico madrid this saturday so that will probably determine the title because if Bar- Bar- Barcelona have the goal difference advantage, so if they, they'll know, although actually, I think La Liga, I say they've got the goal difference advantage. I think La Liga, it's a head-to-head it's head head head, isn't it? Yeah. So it's one of those really stupid things to try and work out without taking a look back at the results. So I guess that's why Real Madrid are currently ahead of Barcelona in the table. But um, I, I would say if Atletico Madrid win this weekend, they'll win the title. Yeah. Both have, they're starting to vary in their form as well, uh, all three of them. So uh, it kind of makes it interesting. Some draws happening, some losses. Uh, Barcelona seem to be fairly consistent though. But so yeah, La Liga's still up for grabs. Uh, French League is still very much up for grabs. The Premier League is wrapped up. Uh, what, one win maybe for Man City? Uh, Bayern Munich look to basically have wrapped up the Bundesliga. They're about seven or eight and, clear of Leipzig. And got their new manager. So, mm. so yeah, it's um, must it be was nice interesting, to be, actually. Must be nice to be the 33-year-old manager of Bayern Munich. Yeah. Tough life. They're one of those... They're one of those weird clubs, though, isn't it? Because like sometimes the managers they get are aren't the the big big headliners. As Barcelona seems to do it sometimes as well, you know, where they don't really get those headliner um, people. Like even Guardiola, this is what I mean. Nagelsmann when he was there. Nagelsmann is like the boy wonder of German football, like, and he was you know wanted by like Spurs were reportedly interested in him. Um, but he has grown up as a Bayern Munich supporter. This is his lifelong dream to manage the club. So they were always going to be first choice for him. Um, yeah. 
It's that shocking realization of managers like Nagelsmann is 33. You know, you've got Ryan Mason at Spurs at like 29. Ryan Mason's a joke. Ryan Mason's a joke. It, it, it is, it's a bit comical, but it is making me feel old that I mean, there are now managers coming through at the top Sam, clubs. If you, if you... If you could just go, you just need to convince the Premier League club to give you a, a one week long contract and then go out and have a serious head injury. And a few years later, you're their manager. I mean, it makes absolutely no sense. <laughs> like, honestly, there's no, it's what? just a, it's, you, you've never, why do I need the head injury? <laughs> because otherwise, that's the only reason why Spurs are continuing to employ him. Like, that's the thing that makes Ryan Mason's career a bit farcical is, it's only because they felt bad for him having a career-ending injury that then put him into the coaching staff. Had Ryan Mason just remained a Spurs fringe player for a couple more seasons and then ended up finishing his career somewhere in the championship, which is probably what his career was destined to be, there's no way he's a Premier League manager or caretaker manager at any point in the future. It's like, well, we felt a bit bad for you, so we thought we'd give you give you a spin. I mean, it's nice. Maybe maybe Spurs will just start letting it will just be like a make a wish project. Each week, some new some new young child will be brought in. <laughs> then we'll probably see one day like Jose Mourinho will be able to like wrangle his way into it. <laughs> just his Derek. He's got leukemia and he will be leading the team out against Man City today. <laughs> and he's always wanted to know how would Harry Kane do in goal. <laughs> One of the questions I had for you both with everything wrapping up is Juventus is obviously on the border for making Champions League next year. They're, I think as of now with their win yesterday, they've just bumped themselves back up, but they were yeah. bottom looking in. If they fail to make it, is there any chance that someone like Ronaldo moves because he doesn't have that spotlight of being in Champions League? I think there's a good possibility that Ronaldo moves either way. The question is to where, and I do think he takes his football seriously enough that he's not going to go anywhere that he thinks is a step down in terms of challenge. So like, I don't think he would even, you go can to, just say MLS Eddie. No, I, I mean, I don't, I don't think he'd even go to, the, I don't think he'd sign for PSG, for example. I think he would pride himself oh. on the idea of continuing week in week out to be able to say he's testing himself against the best in the world. So, I mean, I think deep down what Ronaldo probably really wants is Manchester United to come back in for him. Like, that's what I'm sure he would love the idea because he knows, he appreciates, he, oh, he talks very openly, right, about how much he appreciates the affection that the supporters there have for him. And I'm sure he would love the idea of one or two more seasons whether or not that's at all viable in terms of just, he, he would probably have to significantly reduce his wage demands in order to give that a chance. He doesn't strike me as someone who is going to do that, but I could see him leaving. He, I, he will definitely leave if they don't make, I don't think, I don't think Juventus will be able to afford him if they don't, they're not in champions, champions league. Yeah. And now they don't have the super league to help them out. So, um, yeah, it would come across as a bit like a Messiah Returns kind of thing as well with Man U. I think there'll be a real feel-good around having him back in the Premier League. But what about if Man U don't qualify? Well, Man U are going to qualify for the Champions League, right? But um, I don't know. There's, I would struggle to see him going anywhere. 
really, because the move to Juventus was a little bit surprising. He's probably not going to go anywhere in Germany. And like Eddie said about PSG, he wouldn't go back to Spain. So really it is England. And then you start narrowing it down from there. So Or or he like goes back to Portugal. That could be, I think that's unlikely, but you could maybe spin that he has some return to sporting. To sporting and that this is kind of his homecoming. And they put up a really awful statue of him. I oh, stole my joke too quick. I was going to say, <laughs> in his contract, he stipulates no statues be made. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, it'll be interesting. It's going to be an interesting summer. I mean, Mbappe's future might be decided tomorrow. Because, you know, he, if Chelsea, uh, Chelsea, if City convincingly beat PSG, <laughs> um, it's. If Chelsea beat Real Madrid, Mbappe's future is gone. He's gone, regardless. <laughs> but, you know, he might start to think is this just, am I going to be, is this going to be a career of second best if I don't go somewhere else? And that my legacy is so, will be so dependent on European success. Because no one is going to, as we've talked about on in previous weeks, no one's going to put you in the kind of upper echelons of footballing greats if some of your matches are against Nîmes and Lorient and Mets. Like it's just not going to happen. So um, that will be that will be interesting. And he may not even have a say in the game, right? Because he's a doubt for uh, he's got like a calf injury or yeah. suspected potential. So. That might even be more. I mean, that that's that could potentially be a killer blow for PSG, right? Before a ball's even kicked uh, in that game, if they've lost kind of one of the two people that can really kind of change the fortunes or turn around that tie, uh, and they've already lost fifty percent of it, it would make it an even more difficult task. So I wanted to just go back to the draft for a little bit because I forgot to mention or kind of just ask you guys what you think about who's going to make it and who's not, because there was a really nice article that came out a few weeks ago that detailed from 2000 to 2015. So that's giving enough time for QBs to kind of make a difference, kind of what those first round QB picks have gone on to do. So there were 42 first round picks from 2000 to 2015 quarterbacks only 16 had a winning record with the team that selected them and only seven were the starting quarterback in a super bowl can you name the seven quarterbacks drafted in the first round from the year 2000 to 2015 that started in a super bowl uh matt ryan Matt Ryan is one. Um, so how many are there? I've got one. How many, I mean, are, how many are left? No, no, no. There, there's <laughs> seven left. Six more. Six more or seven more? Oh, this is... There's seven total. So there's six left. I mean, you're missing a few Joe, big ones. Joe Flacco? <laughs> Joe Flacco is one. Um, ben Roethlisberger? I was going to say Ben. Yes, that's a big one. Yep. Uh didn't Aaron Rodgers drop to the second round in the end? No, he was at the very end, the very of, the end of the first. 
So I've got. So yes, Aaron Rodgers is one. So I've got four. So there's three left. Yep. Um, trying to just think of first off, just Super Bowl quarterbacks and. Uh, there's one. Eli, I would say I would argue there's one more big one. Eli Manning. Yes. Yeah. I would say Eli is the other big one. Two times Super Bowl MVP. Um, and so your the, other two are tough. And they started Super Bowls. They started the Super Bowl. Okay, one of them. No, no, no clues. Cam Newton. Cam Newton is one. You have one more. I give you a 0% chance of getting it. <laughs> so it's probably someone from the earth, someone kind of obscure who was probably drafted in the early 2000s is my guess. I'll give you the Super Bowl was 2007. 2007 Super Bowl. Uh, 2007 Super Bowl was that? Was that Bears? Colts. It was Bears Colts. Rex. Grossman. Yeah, I'll even give you the teams. Bears Colts. Yeah, Rex. Yes, Grossman. Rex Grossman. Yep, twenty second pick in the 2003 NFL Draft. That just surprises me that Rex Grossman was a first round pick, but I guess it kind of makes sense. Yeah. It was a year, I think, where there was a lot drafted, if I remember correctly, in that first round. Yeah, that was the year Carson Palmer was the first pick, then Byron Lefwich, then Kyle Bowler, then Rex Grossman were all drafted in the first round. So out of this crop, Let's fast forward five years. That's pretty cool. Who has the best shot? I'm I mean you're gonna you're gonna accuse me of being biased here, but Trey Lance clearly has the best shot just because he's landed in the best situation. Like he's landed on a Super Bowl contender, and so that will be a Super Bowl contender next year. So if he's starting next year, he has a probably three to four year window where there's no reason why year in, year out, they don't have a chance of making it. Whereas Trevor Lawrence is on a bad team. Like, he will have to be, even if he's really good, he's going to have to be patient. Yeah. What about then, what, maybe then Mac Jones, I guess, at the Patriots? Because they suck, though. There's a propensity. I mean, they they really still suck. suck, but you just feel like... Yeah, it's Bill Belichick. Because like also, you say, you've got the Jets, you've got the Jags... But you're kind of starting. To I would think say like, the only other one is is Fields, yeah. and I are, I I agree with Eddie. Yeah. I think the Niners and Lance are the best shot for everything Eddie said, and the additional aspect being they're in the NFC, whereas in the AFC you're not going to have to go through Josh Allen and the Bills, and then the Chiefs and Mahomes. So you have the Bears and the Niners both in the NFC, where in any given year a team could get hot and yeah. run through the playoffs. And and the other thing too, right? Yes, on paper, landing with the Patriots is great, but Bill Belichick is not going to be around forever. So five years from now, I'd be surprised if Bill Belichick is the coach of the Patriots still. So then you're throwing a huge unknown into the scenario, which is potentially very bad players combined with either a bad coach or an unproven coach. So, Or at least a massive change in culture, right? I would say Fields 
if I had to like bet on it, I would confidently take Trey Lance. I would take Fields as the second most likely to play in a Super Bowl in the next five years. It would not surprise like the the Bears are pretty good, right? They've got a very very good defense. They have, you know, some decent offensive weapons. So <laughs> I knew you were struggling for uh, things. I, to well, say I don't want to overstate. Offense, right? I don't want to overstate how good they are, and coaching is a big question mark right now. But um, yeah, I wouldn't. It, and again, they have the advantage that Frank spoke of of being in the NFC as well. Yeah, and I, most people are comparing Lawrence his potential to be of that of something like Peyton Manning. And just for reference, Peyton Manning went eight seasons from his rookie year until he won the Super Bowl. So you're still looking at even Peyton Manning. He had won MVPs before that, but it still took him a significant amount of time to develop that team around him enough to win a Super Bowl. So I I would be shocked if the Jaguars won a Super Bowl, even in that fifth year. Well, I'm just talking about I'm just talking about making it, right? Because you even think of think of Yeah, yeah, making. You're right. Think of really good think of players who we think are having great starts to their career. You know, like Josh Allen has had as good of a start to his career as you could almost imagine. And he's yet to come that close to I mean, I know he's made you know, but it's not as if he was within a play or anything of getting there. Like he's been considerably second best in the one opportunity he had to make it to the Super Bowl, and you know, and then even elsewhere, you know, the very nature of the fact that only two teams can make it, you've you need you need to be very good and you need an element of luck. Yep. And then all of the first round quarterback pick opened up a story that came up on my feed that I thought was funny that I don't know if you have heard this, but back in 2007, the coaches for the Raiders didn't think Jamarcus Russell was studying film. Jamarcus Russell, who was the number one pick in the 2007 NFL draft. So the Raiders gave him blank cassettes and told him to go home, watch the film. And then the next day he came in and said he watched all the blitz packages on those tapes. <laughs> it's, I have to admit, it's, I've heard the story before and it is a trap that I often fear I will fall into in my own work because the number of times someone has asked me like, did you take a look at that document or something? And not anything of any significant importance, right? But just like before a meeting or something and I'll just, yeah, of course. And just... Like I would, I might start doing it myself just once a year, just sending out some blanks. And if someone says, oh, it was blank. Oh, sorry. I sent you the wrong link or something. But uh, I mean, you, you probably lose your job in the process of revealing it. Got y'all. <laughs> Made you look like assholes. <laughs> I will show myself to the door. Well, if it works, though. It, does, it fires that person because then you can always just pull the, oh, I, I sent the wrong thing, even though I labeled and saved it as this document, but that sent you nothing. He should have just, I mean, I'd love to, I would have loved to have been there because at what moment do you admit you didn't watch it? Like how, how much do you just dig your heels in and in like, Almost to the extent, like if it's me, 
I then have to go, I must have put the, like, you have to come up with the excuse. I put the wrong tapes in. I did watch tape. I guess I just, I have so many tapes lying around. I, I, you know, I, I thought you'd sent me some Blitz packages and I had this tape labeled Blitz packages and I watched it. Yeah, if, I, I don't know. What if they then asked for the one that you watched? Then I go and buy one. <laughs> <Like> I, <laughs> I mean, there I'm would be. You walk into Best Buy. Uh, he is spinning this web. <laughs> this there would be crazy. honestly. Yeah. I, I genuinely think I would just. That's I die on a hill for that lie. You're doubling down. You're tripling down. Yeah. I'm the, gonna be the I issue with straight that, out with it, and I, I, I might even straight out. If you're if you're him then too, right? You are a number one pick with a huge, huge salary. I might even do the reverse where you like get angry. And then like this guy's mm. call this guy's calling me a liar. This guy's calling me a liar. Like the, and then you it ends with him getting fired. Like that's the move you eventually have to commit to. <laughs> wow. Well, this web is becoming horror. You're ruining people now. You're ruining families. <laughs> well, at a certain point you're gonna have to realize this lie is uh it's a you are him scenario at a certain point. We've all been there. You've all been stuck in a lie where it's like I've gone too far with this now. There is no getting out just of this. Imagine. There's no way I to save things. Imagine. Oh, I, I have a great one that I did with Abe once. It's like a- Abe loves to bring it up. It's like one of his favorite stories. We signed up for this um, like participation for a project at Penn State, and you had to go and log into this system, and then kind of it was almost like a Sim City thing where they were just testing out the logistics of people being able to use this system to I, I forget exactly what it was but basically you were in this little sim for like 20 minutes and you just walked around and did things and then you closed out and that was the end of it so we did it but i had clicked on the wrong thing so then at the end the person who was running it was like listen you didn't do the right thing and i was like no i did he's like no you clicked the wrong thing and I, and you know then i went no i didn't i clicked the right thing He's like, no, you didn't. He's like, I was like, are you calling me a liar? He's like, I am behind the screen looking at the master computer and I'm seeing what everyone's clicking. He's like, I saw you click the wrong thing. And I'm like, I didn't click the wrong thing. And then just got to this huge argument and Abe's just standing next to me as I'm arguing with this guy. And Abe knows that he knows I'm lying because he knows me well enough. So then the guy was like, you know what, whatever, just here's here's your money like just get out of here don't come back and then i eddie you would appreciate it i pulled the i don't want your money if you're gonna call me a liar i don't even want your money that's and the, move. the money back to him <laughs> and then just like stormed off and Abe was like why did you lie and i was like i don't know i got caught and i just had to go for it yeah yeah even though even though you've not saved face there because it's just between you and him and he's just um, this guy's an idiot and lied to me. Like no yeah. one else is witnessing this apart from Abe. So it's not like some higher authority yeah. has come in and you've called out this employee. But I do like the move of saying I don't even want your money, but you have to then spin it in a way where you actually do end up taking it. Like that's kind of, I yeah, did. I'm going oh, to okay. take your dirty money. So you, <laughs> you do the, you have to he do then the was like, no. You have to do the initial, I yeah. don't even want this now. Like, if you're going to call me a liar, I'm not interested. Yeah. But you still have to end up being like... There was like a double exchange. Yeah. Like, I gave it back. And then he was like, no, no, you know what? Just take it and leave. And I was like, 
whatever, I'm out of here. You know, like the, I'm just going to, I can't be in a situation. Yeah. So if that's what it means, I have to take the money to leave. Yeah. I'll do it. Okay. I will be the bigger man here. <laughs> As you're stuffing your wallet with the money. <laughs> it was like $15, but. <laughs> Sometimes $15 is, it's a big win. Yep. But then again, I wasn't Jamarcus Russell, the number one draft pick. With oh, I would have had everyone if I'd bonus. been him. Everyone in the Raiders organization's fired. Like that's the only. So yeah, that's it. I, I, I'm just imagining you in like the disciplinary meetings, like before they fire them or something like that, where you're just lying hourly, <laughs> constantly. <laughs> he gets his wife to come in. Yeah, I mean. He he put on that tape and he made us all sit down and watch it. We all learned the blitz packages that day. <laughs> oh yeah, there's no yeah, there's no way I would admit to it. All right, well now that we've burnt everyone at Man U, we've <laughs> discussed lying and sticking in a lie. Is there anything else? Don't think so. No, no Mighty Ducks discussion. We've we've given up on the Mighty Ducks. The listeners We've game. canceled the Ducks. The listeners. I, it's a bad sign for the Mighty Ducks game changers that they got canceled on our podcast. It's not... Yeah. It's. A, but I think they've been renewed for season two. It, it's a pandemic. <laughs> like anything's going to get renewed, right? Like if they can get it made and, and have it out for next year right now, it's going to be out next year. Plus it's Disney Plus. So they're not exactly overflowing with original content. Like new original content, at least. But uh, I say, yeah, except anything Star Wars related. Yeah, the writing is kind of on the wall. Our listeners have spoken, and they are a powerful bunch. And uh, uh, they don't bother us. That's it. That that was. We the, are said, saying. Don't bother. Said, we are saying. Don't bother. <laughs> yeah. Don't bother. No mass. But did you watch the last episode because they come back the old original players no, i have to admit oh, i will oh. i will don't spoil i will it. watch I, it i will watch it but but you should watch this episode just to see what they look like as adults because oof some of them did not age well <laughs> <laughs> do you mean in terms oof. of just aesthetics or in terms of like their hockey talent Oh, oh, I'm talking about real life aesthetics. <laughs> the hockey talent is equally as atrocious. There's a big scene where obviously they play the young kids in like a let's all bond and this is how the team's going to come together. And now Gordon Bombay is going to be the coach of Don't Bothers. And it is just a terribly put together scene. <laughs> But Goldberg was not there, so I guess Disney Plus thought that you can't bring back someone who has been arrested seven times for possession of drugs. Nope. They the, draw the, the line. The, the seventh you... offense was the killer. Yeah. Or unless you weave that into the Mighty Ducks kind of rhetoric. <laughs> like they actually Oh, talk that's about true. The they could have given him the redemption in the story in the mm. program itself. That would have been a nice twist. Yeah, they didn't mention him at all in the entire thing. They did oh, mention that's... Charlie Conway, the main kid, and apparently he's very angry with Gordon about a previous incident. So they've left that out there. They kind of did him dirty by not But they did not mention him. Goldberg. Like you have to – someone has to be like, what happened to Goldberg? And they'll be like, he got run over by a like Zamboni in 98. 
<laughs> there's gotta be there's gotta be some there's gotta be some explanation for where he's going. Wow, wow. game changes has really changed. Yeah, it's gruesome. It just cuts to like <laughs> uh, just a rink covered in blood. <laughs> the what driver had his head. Oh, they yeah, they saw him on a street and he OD'd. <laughs> like he's the just driver had his needles. Head, the driver arm. was listening to music. He didn't even realize it until he'd done nine more laps of the rink. <laughs> Actually, speaking of new content, there's a new Star Wars series starting tomorrow. It's animated. Oh, nerd, nerd. Oh, even nerd. Well, animated. It is May the 4th tomorrow. It is May the 4th. Oh, God, could anything. If every person. Go on, end on anger. (laughs) Go ahead. Put the hat, keep the floor. You have the floor. You have the floor, monsieur. Anyone anyone who, who cares about 420 or May the 4th should just like either roll themselves up into a joint or stab themselves <laughs> with a lightsaber. Why are they doing wait. the first one? <laughs> I mean, wait, 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 Eddie, I just, I want to visualize what you've just said. Are you saying that someone should get a paper big enough to self roll themselves in the paper and then light said paper and burn themselves? To yes. Death? <laughs> yes. That's exactly what I, they should do. Just to show me how important it their important it is to them, but yeah, I find it. If someone, if someone says to me tomorrow, and I know that now the two of you will do it, so I'm guaranteeing that it happens. But if someone in real life says to me, "May the fourth be with you," I'm just punching them in the face. <laughs> I hope someone at work says this to you. <laughs> <laughs> two days in. <laughs> Hey everyone, this is Eddie. Welcome to your new job. Hey Eddie, may the fourth be with you. <laughs> All right, should I just leave? Do I need to pack my? I didn't really unpack anything yet, so I'm just good. I'll just walk back out. I'll just be like, guess cool. he's guess he's not a Jedi. We've we've rolled that one out. Uh, Eddie, the local donut shop by us does a May the 4th dozen donuts you can buy that are shaped like different Star Wars things. I wasn't going to get it, but now I might just go out of my way to buy a dozen Star Wars themed donuts to send you a picture. That's a dozen donuts that I would not touch. That's why inconceivable. <laughs> I just, I just find it annoying. I mean, look, if you're for the legitimate Star Wars fans out there who really care about star wars fine but like most people don't give a shit you know oh eddie i got one for you what about pie day oh like the numerical value pie yeah um, like march 14th everyone calls pie day as opposed to just a generic pie day <laughs> well, there is a pie day come on <laughs> there is an actual pie day out there so we were talking about donuts yeah, so in my mind i was March like oh 14th. pie day um i have to admit that, that that is not one that i've encountered much ever since i left school like i remember it being a thing i wonder if it's because the uk the european system does the month and date the opposite yeah but you would still have pie day because it's still a combination of numbers that would exist. It just would be a different month. 
So it would Wait, be well, three point one four. So, yeah, so, so it would be, the it would be the It would be the the fourteenth of March. Would be no. It would be logic. the. It would be the thirty first of March. April. April, yeah. Because we don't have a fourth, we don't have a we don't have a third of the fourteenth month. That's going to be a little <laughs> bit of a challenge. But you know what? I uh, we should reserve the fourteenth month for Pi Day. May the fourth, <laughs> four twenty. Just jam them all in a fictional month and let those morons just sit patiently and wait for this. Oh. <laughs> Happy holidays, Sam. I'm sure so it means what's, a lot to you. What what are your takes on when they have the random like I don't know National Pizza Day or National Siblings Day or oh, Siblings Day National Couldn't Dog Pet Day? In general, I don't get the concept of the the day celebration. If something's meaningful to you, celebrate it on a daily basis. That's my message of positivity for the world. Wow, but, preach, wait, Eddie. Wait, wait, wait. Preach. So, what about like National AIDS Day? You know, where they have the AIDS Awareness Day in December. It's like if you care about AIDS, you celebrate AIDS. Yeah, that's the point. Like you, I celebrate AIDS three hundred and sixty-five days a year. I don't need one day for AIDS. I wake up in the morning and thank God for AIDS. Hundred <laughs> percent. I give myself an AIDS test on the daily. But the the, uh, <laughs> the sound bites from this podcast. But now look, that's different, right? Because that's tied to fundraising. Like if you have a day associated with fundraising for a good cause, I'm not going to try and. Like piss on that parade but if if it's just so that you can sit down and binge watch your favorite television show i'm not interested do that whenever you want especially when it involves a stupid yeah thing. actually you're right on 420 one of the channels just had all 420 related oh, movies just on endless cheech and chong and stuff all that crap well, actually, there was there was good ones though. Half Baked, which I haven't seen in forever. Friday, which I really like that movie. Uh, Friday, and then Dazed and Confused, which is one of my all time favorites. I don't know. You want to smoke weed? More power to you. I mean, I was a teenager once. I I think if you're in your thirties and forties smoking weed, <laughs> oh my god, uh, oh, you seventeen? Okay, boomer. No, okay, legitimately, boomer. I found we've just kind of we've just kind of like found it acceptable now. Like, it, I'm I don't really care if people do drugs, but I will say that like the fact that it's now just fine that just people are constantly like smoking weed in their thirties and forties. Like, it's like is life that overwhelming for you? Let's just move on. Just be well. Don't people aren't. Aren't a majority of alcoholics in their thirties and forties? Yeah, but they've they've oh. they've chosen to ruin their life with an adult drug, not some loser teenage drug. <laughs> if you're gonna if you're gonna take yourself no, no, he's attacking marijuana. If you're gonna take yourself downhill. <laughs> do it the right way. That's all I'm gonna say. Ch- choose an age appropriate drug for self destruction. He's attacking the immaturity of marijuana. Like if you're in your sixties, seventies, or eighties. Take too much Viagra and then like have some massive, you know, heart issue as a result of just the tons of blood pumping to your penis. And if you're in it, if, if you're 30 or 40, there's other things for you other than weed. It's, it's, 
just do the it's the same with drinks there's things you drink when you're a teenager that you'd never drink i'm not going to drink a smirnoff ice now really no it's just i wouldn't mind i wouldn't care i just have i'm an alcoholic so just put whatever in front of me to be honest oh all right well before Eddie tries to burn <laughs> someone else or something else or anything out there, I think we should call it a wrap. All right. See you guys. Talk to you boys later. Cheerio. What do you want to call it? Why is Eddie so angry?